God is good. Man, that worship was good tonight. Just a good warring night. Drug addictions are destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen? Alcoholism is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every generational curse destroyed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, it's, it's already a done thing. We just have to come into the realm of understanding and revelation so we can embrace the fact that those things are destroyed in us. Amen? And, and we thank God for it. I was, a, I was a teenage alcoholic. I didn't even know what that was, but I just was because that's what everybody else did. I was a teenage drug addict or I was on drugs because that's what everybody else did, you know? Nobody ever told me about God. Nobody ever told me about Jesus. I mean, somewhere way back there, somebody said something about it. I can remember, I can remember at five years old being in some church in a, in a Sunday school class, and I remember doing my hands like this, and that was about the extent of my Christian background until I was 18 years old. And, uh, but nobody ever told me. And, and right out of the chute, Second weekend after I'd asked God to save me from a situation physically, two weeks after that, I'm in a service, and, and you know, <laughs> I'm at this, this lakefront uh, uh, retreat house, and, and it's a service with a guy named Charles Caps, and he's an older gentleman to me at the time I was... I was just turned 18 years old, and he's got this buzz haircut, and I got hair down to the middle of my back, and I'm thinking, I'm going to sit here and listen to this guy? And for three days, I listened to that man preach, and I walked away from that meeting thinking to myself, somebody lied to me. Nobody ever told me this stuff. And I've lived my life from that day to tell people about how good God is. Amen? I've been determined to live my life in such a way that people want what I have. And this is what we were created to do. Amen? So tonight, the title of my message is Prayer That Changes Things. I told you all summer long, no series, just teaching. (laughs) Even though my... My, uh, my message about overcoming the obstacles in life on Sunday has turned into three messages, but it's just four keys, <laughs> but three weeks to do it, amen? And we'll be this Sunday because Richard Parentchief is here, but it'll be the following Sunday. But tonight, just for the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about prayer that changes things. Um. So, I'm just going to kind of dive into this, and then as I talk, I'll I'll explain as as I'm going. But prayer, prayer, real prayer, has to be a lifestyle, not just some, you know, religious thing that we do. Prayer if it's really prayer, 
has to be a lifestyle. And, and we have to believe in it. <clears throat> we see in Scripture where Jesus encouraged His disciples, told them that they needed prayer regularly in their day to handle the issues of life. And if, if, if we were to spend the rest of the night tonight asking each and every one of you what you believe prayer is, it would be the same probably similar response that you would get if you called the IRS office. You get 101 different answers to the same question. Supposed to laugh. Anyway, because, because we've not, I'm just talking about across the board, I'm not talking about you necessarily, but across the board, we've not defined what prayer is. We know what the outward act of what it looks like praying is. But we need, we need to see prayer demonstrated in and through our lives to where it changes things the way it changed things in, in Jesus' life and the Apostle Paul's life and the Apostle Peter's life and, and all, of the, all of the disciples, all the writers of the New Testament. We see that prayer in their life changed things. And so that's what we're looking at tonight. Um, one of the things that I see that a lot of people do is this. A lot of people wait until things are bad and they expect a miracle or if we do enough of outward stuff that it's going to change the circumstance. But what happens is the miracle never manifests. And then we become discouraged and we blame God and everybody else. Or we're really upset. And I can understand that. And, and that happens because we don't understand how important consistency in what real prayer is day to day changes things. And when you need the prayer of faith in operation the way we saw the prayer of faith in the Bible in operation, when you need that in operation and you know what prayer is and you're developing it on a day-to-day -day basis because you want to and making it a lifestyle, then the prayer of faith works instead of in desperation needing a miracle. Okay? Think about that as we press on. Um. Spending time with God in prayer and what prayer is, is spiritual exercise. You can't work out physically in the natural once a week and make any change in your physical body. How many can say yes and amen? So if all the connection you have with God is when you show up here on Sunday or on Wednesday, it's not going to be enough to connect yourself to the ability that God gave us through Jesus Christ to make changes. 
We want prayer to be a lifestyle that changes things not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. Now, I'll just tell you this. Prophetically, Sarah, you witnessed to this tonight. Prophetically tonight, in our worship tonight, there were strongholds that were coming down in our city during worship. When my wife said, we're going to sing this again and begin to declare what the blood of Jesus has accomplished, things happen, okay? Anybody that does that, things will happen. Things will change if you believe in it. If you believe that, that God is saying, do something else, do something more, like in that situation right there, because there's a purpose, there's a plan that God has. And when you believe in, quote, prayer, and how that prayer changes things, then you understand how important it is for your life, your mouth, your whole being to be connected to God so that He can use you to change what He once changed in the earth. Now look at Matthew chapter 26. This is an interesting verse of Scripture, and I want to make this point. Matthew 26. In verse um, 36. 2636. When Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. One translation says, pray with me. He went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me or pray with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation." Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What happens when, now think about this, and understand what, what I'm saying. I'm just speaking the truth of what the Word says. When we don't consistently pray, first you have to understand what prayer is, but when we don't consistently pray, we find ourselves falling into temptations, into lust. In, in, into things that, that physically come against us, spiritually come against us. We fall into temptation because we're not on guard, because we don't know how to be on guard. Or maybe we know kind of how to be on guard, but we're not convinced. Prayer has to be a lifestyle, and you have to develop it. And it's not, prayer is not about screaming. Prayer is not about laying on the floor. Prayer is not about a, a physical position as much as it is a hard attitude. And you and I have to understand that. God does not want His people to fall into temptation in this life. 
Um, so, what you do once in a while produces once in a while results. What you do once in a while, where prayer is concerned, will produce once in a while results. And, and another thing, and this is, a, this is a Christian phrase or slogan, to be prayed up. And, and I understand what that means, but you can't get prayed up in a couple of minutes or even in a couple of days. To be prayed up or to be up and aware spiritually is something that you do every day. Prayer that changes things changes things. I want to read you these two stories that are both very interesting, and then we'll talk about them. Luke 5, and starting with verse, I mean, no, what did I say? Luke 11, starting with verse 5. Luke 11 and 5. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go into him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed and I cannot rise to give to you. I say to you though, he will, not, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. Because of what? Because of his persistence. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake or a serpent instead of a fish? And the question to that is no, not a good father. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God said, and and is pointing out in this story how important that persistence is in what we do. Ask, the Amplified says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and continue to seek. Knock and continue to knock and the door will be open. You'll find the things that you're looking for. You'll receive the things that you're asking for. Because the word ask in most places in the New Testament, the word means to ask in prayer. And what prayer is, and I'm defining prayer tonight for you in a a real simple way, what prayer is is connection with God. So, connection or communication with God is prayer. Well, when when my wife and I are communicating together, 
you know, I, I'm not just like running through the house. Hey, go, and go, and, 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 you know, and where she can't even hear me because I'm running too fast and, and running through the house. There's no connection. But if we're going to communicate, we're going to sit down and I'm going to listen to her and she's going to listen to me. I mean, we've had to work at that through the years because everybody has to work at that when you have two opposites. You have to learn to flow with each other. Well, as far as the heavens are from the earth, so is God's way than your way. You've got to learn to connect with Him. He's got it all figured out how to connect with you. He made you. He's got the blueprints on you. You and I have to learn to connect with Him. So what prayer is, is doing whatever you have to do to connect with Him and communicate with Him so that you begin to be familiar with His voice so that when you ask and you don't see something happen, you keep on asking. And when you seek and you, and, and you don't see you know, something found that you've been seeking after, you keep on seeking. And when you knock and the door seems like it's been shut for weeks and months on end, you keep on knocking. Because whoever asks, receives, whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks, the door is open to them. It's a concept of prayer. The other little story here in Luke is in 18 in verse 1. Luke 18 and 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Jesus spoke a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Leave your finger right there and you can just listen to this because this is just like, this verse is like four words. And it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. It's three words. Pray without ceasing. Oh my gosh, how do you do that? Pray without ceasing. And when you back up in this passage of Scripture, he's saying this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. To rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and then everything give thanks. I read a quote in a book I read one time by Smith Wigglesworth, and he, Smith Wigglesworth, who was, lived around the turn of the century and before um, uh, the 1900, the 19, around the, the beginning of the 1900s and, and before, he made this comment. He said, I never pray more than, a, than 30 minutes at a time, but I never go 30 minutes at a time without praying. First time I ever heard that, I thought, I don't know if I can do that. You know, because when we think of prayer, we think of the law, and we think of marathons, you know. Seemed like everybody I bumped into in my early years of my born-again life, they, they were up at four in the morning and prayed for six hours straight. I'm going, and I tried, you know. I tried, and I'd go to early morning prayer meetings, you know, at four or five in the morning, and I'd pray for a little while and fall asleep and pray a little while longer, and then fall asleep and pray a little while longer, you know. And, and you know, <laughs> my spirit was willing, man, but my flesh was weak. You know why? Because it wasn't a part of me. I was doing something out of, out of this legalistic obligation instead of doing something that is out of my heart. 
I'm going to show you a couple things that's really important about how we pray. Um, oh, I didn't finish reading. Said not to lose heart, saying, There is a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. There was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I don't fear God nor man, but I'm tired of this woman wearing me out. Hmm? What is that? Persistence, right? Staying with it. What was the first verse Jesus said? The example here, and I'm not going to finish reading this. You can go back and read these to to verse 8. But the example here is that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. See, you'll pray as Smith Wigglesworth prayed if it's in your heart, if you understand what prayer is. We 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 were connecting with God in declaring some things over our city tonight in worship. I mean, I mean... A dozen things came out of my mouth during that last song we were singing because I heard them. They, were, they came out of, out of here, and I was declaring things over the city, and I'm telling you, as a unit, we were in agreement together, and we're making changes out there. Most people don't understand how the spirit realm operates because they're so connected to the natural realm. That's why we have to know how to pray so we can connect to the realm of the Spirit. And the, the realm of the Spirit is not like the twilight zone. It's just another realm. It's not weird. It's not goofy, you know. I mean, it can manifest some weird, strange things because you're not accustomed to them. Earlier today, I, was, I had my TV on, on one of the Christian stations and Billy Graham was on there. And he was, he was teaching, and it was, a, it was from his archives. It was 1971, and he was in Texas Stadium. And as I, was, I, I just had it on mute, but I was watching it, and Tom Landry came up. How many know who Tom Landry was? Oh, my gosh, you people don't know who Tom Landry was? He was the football coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, Texas Stadium had just been built. They're having this big meeting in Texas Stadium. It was the first, it was the first uh, event other than a football game that was at Texas Stadium. I'm sitting here watching it, so I turned it on, I'm listening to it. And he started, Billy Graham, you know, the mild-mannered Billy Graham, started talking about demons and devils. And I thought, wow, go Billy. Man, I sat there and I thought, man, what a message. That's a good word. And, and it, was the, it, was the young, it was the youth rally. It was all young people. He was talking to the youth about devils and demons, you know. And he was just speaking the word. He was just speaking the truth. Most people don't know about devils and demons and, you know, because they've been taught by the world about devils and demons. And, but the Bible's real clear. And, and the first thing you have to understand is you have authority over them. Hmm? And they're not all that. They want you to think they're all that, and they want you to keep stupid about who they really are, because you find out who they are and who really they aren't, and the authority that you have over them, they're defeated. Amen? So, so we have to understand the realm of the Spirit and where we're going 
in the realm of the Spirit in prayer. Because it's not enough just to speak a bunch of words that really to you don't mean anything, but you're doing it out of obligation. Okay? Now, follow with me, and I have a few other things I want to say here, so just, I don't have a lot of time, so let's, let's just finish this. Um, James 5 and verse 15 says this. James 5 and 15. Prayer that changes things, before I read that verse, prayer that changes things, that prayer has faith in God. Verse 15 of James 5 says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven him. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails or accomplishes what? Much. Say much. Well, how much is much? It's more than little, right? So we're here on the earth to accomplish much when we know how to pray. And I'm telling you something that you have to realize is that true prayer, true prayer is bathed in faith. You have to see that. It's bathed in faith. Mark 11 and verse 22. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things that you, everybody say that word, ask, ask in prayer, ask when you pray. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Faith is the substance of the thing that you hope for, the evidence of the thing that you don't see yet. So prayer must be bathed in faith to produce results. The only results that Jesus ever got were prayers that were prayed in faith. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that there's not other forms of prayer. There's prayers of consecration. And prayers of consecration is when you are spending time reading and meditating on the Word of God so that you know what the will of God is. So when it's time to pray something or declare something, you get it back. We see in James 1, And verse 5, the prayer of faith is powerful. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask, in other words, in prayer, in faith. Let him ask in prayer, in faith, with no doubting. So how do you pray in faith with no doubting? Just hold with me. We're going to get there. 
So, <clears throat> what I want to drive home tonight, and what I want you to see when I read these next few things to you, what I want to drive home is understanding what prayer is in faith. Number one, it's a decision to believe. Faith is. Faith is a commitment to trust. That's what faith is. That's what prayer in faith is, a commitment to trust. Number one, a decision to believe. Number two, a commitment to trust. Number three, faith in prayer is acting on the Word as if it's true. And number four, faith is seeing the answer before it comes. I'm going to read those again. Faith is a decision to believe. Number two, it's a commitment to trust. Number three, it's acting on the Word as if it's true. And number four, it's seeing the answer before it comes. Prayer that changes things is full of the Word of God. Because when the prayer is full of the Word and there's faith, you get the things that you ask for. That's, that's what prayer has to be bathed in. Now, look at Isaiah 43, and then I'm going to give you these just real quick, these five things that we pray about, and then I'll end with this. But look at Isaiah 43 and 26. Isaiah 43 and verse 26. God said, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. We are as I just got through reading to you, we are to put God in remembrance of what His Word says is so. Listen, if you can spend time on anything else in life and you can become an authority at that, you can become an authority in prayer that changes things. It's not enough just to know what prayer is, but it's to make it a part of your life and to see it change things, okay? So what I want you to do is, as I read these next five things to you and give you a scripture with each one of them, I want you to see yourself in all of these five things, because most of you, these things have happened to you, okay? Prayer for salvation, Romans 10. See, prayer is connecting with God. Prayer is bathed in faith, as I said, which is a decision to believe, a commitment to trust, acting on the word as if it's true, and seeing the answer before it comes, right? So, as we see in the word that salvation is true, okay, then we base it on the word of God when we are in a position to receive that. 
If you're not born again, which I think most everybody sitting in here tonight is born again, and the day that you got born again, you prayed according to this passage of Scripture in one form or another, okay? Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I've got to connect to that revelation and receive it by being obedient to it. Okay? Number two, prayer for healing. 1 Peter 2 and 24. Say, so, well, you know, I, I just, I don't know if that's the will of God. It's right here. See, all prayer has to be bathed in faith, but it has to be, it has to be rooted in the Word of God. Okay? 1 Peter 2 and verse 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You go back and read Isaiah 53, and, and starting with verse 5 and 6 there through about verse 8 and 9, you find out that this quote from the Apostle Peter was from the prophecy that Jesus would come and not only save us, but heal us. Okay? So when you, when you connect yourself to the revelation of the Word concerning this, and you develop that, and it becomes a part of you, and you have faith in the fact that by His stripes I'm healed, when sickness comes to your body, you're able with your mouth to declare, sickness, leave. You don't even have to scream or spit. You say, sickness, go, in Jesus' name. Will it work that easy? If you develop inside of you the revelation, the understanding, it has to be a part of my life. See, when I pray the prayer of faith, it has to be from the heart. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whoever says to the mountain, the sickness, whatever it is, whoever says to this thing, be taken up, cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, okay? It's not trying not to doubt. It's not doubting because of the homework that you've done and the process that you've worked out on the inside that you believe sickness has no place in your body because of Jesus. Just what we were singing tonight, because of the blood of Jesus. I believe as we were singing tonight, scales were lifted off of people's eyes, even that are sitting here tonight as you're hearing me preach this. Wow. Number three, for protection, Psalm 91. The prayer for protection, Psalm 91. Since before... Amanda was born, we have prayed Psalm 91. Since before she was born, while she was still in the womb, we prayed Psalm 91. I've spoken Psalm 91 over my family since before Amanda was born. And she's 16 now, so that's 16 years. <laughs> Psalm 91. Where is I going to start? Verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers and under His wings I will take refuge. His truth is my shield and my buckler. 
shall not be afraid of the terror by night, of the arrow that flies by day, or of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord who is your refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague or sickness come near you, for God has given His angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. They bear you up in their hands, lest anything come against you. Man, when you make that a part of your life, you fear nothing. You fear nothing. You fear nothing. You fear nothing. Because everywhere you go and everything that you do, you do and go because you're led by God. You don't just go somewhere. You don't just go to some third world country or whatever just to see if it works. You go because you're led by God and you're protected because of what this says. See? And so that prayer in faith as you declare that, it surrounds you. The angels protect you. They do their job because the Bible tells us that angels work on our words. The words that come out of our mouth that we got from God. Amen? Number four, for finances. And you can just write down 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And these are just five different prayers that you pray based on what the Word says. And, and the fifth one is wisdom. And, and just go back to verse we just read a little while ago, and just verse 5 out of James. James 1.5, that's it. 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Man, I just know what to do. You're lacking wisdom. Yeah, and I probably never get it. It's because you don't know the will of God. The will of God is when you lack wisdom, ask. Everybody say ask. What did I say ask was? Ask in prayer. What is prayer? Connection with God. So ask according to the will of God that you have from your connection with God, and as you ask, you receive the wisdom. And, and, and where does the wisdom come from? The helper, the Holy Spirit. And when the helper is helping you, then you can get the job done and accomplish things that in the natural, in your own ability, you could have never accomplished. Never, 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 ever, and ever. Right? I'm telling you today, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? So, I mean, I, I, I want to end with this. Ah, we've got to read one more verse. I know, we're, I know we're a little bit over. But school's not on. Matthew 22 and 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first commandment and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Prayer starts with your love for God and your love for people. That's where prayer starts. Because when you love God and you know His will, and you realize that His will is for you, 
to get the word in your heart so you can exercise the revelation of his word on behalf of the good of other people, then you spend your life connected to what we call prayer because you're connected to God. You know, and you're joined with him. You're one with him. And, and you can't be separated from that unless you choose to separate yourself. And when you love God and you love people, that's where prayer starts. Prayer starts there and, and from that is a, is a connection with God in talking to Him. And then from talking with God comes private time with God where you declare and speak specific things because you want to. But the time that we spend with God, and I just made this note and I'll leave this with you tonight. When you begin to pray, pray about the things that just come to you all day long. You, you might, during the day, think about my wife and I. Pray for us. You, you might think about somebody on the job or some family member. Pray for them. You, you might think about situations or issues that, that just, just on a day-to-day basis, there, there can be 101 different things that come across your mind. Instead of taking the care of that, turn it around and pray and speak words of encouragement, speak words from the Word of God. Because see, when you connect with God and you love people and you see your connection and the importance of your connection with people, then you'll demonstrate what we're calling prayer tonight as connection with God. You'll demonstrate that love to people by praying over them and speaking over them instead of believing the worst about people. I'll just tell you tonight... You want to see people around you change? Change what you say about them. And that's what prayer is. It's not that hard, and it's not that difficult, but it takes time to develop it. And the more you and I develop that and a life of prayer and connection with God, the more effective that we will be in receiving the things that we're asking for and that we're putting out there. Sickness comes against your body because of what you've been putting on the inside of you. You resist it and it flees. Amen. When it comes time to leading someone else to salvation in Christ, man, you can lead them in that because you believe in it, because it's inside of you, it's a part of you. Not something you have to do. Not something you're obligated to do. Oh, man, I've got to make this happen. You're not going to make anything happen. You won't make anything happen. People won't get saved through you if, you, if you're not connected to God. And, and most of the time, you won't take the time for other people because the time for other people comes from your connection with God and your love for God. And it just turns out that you'll begin to love people. Amen? So, Father, tonight I thank you for the revelation of your word. I thank you tonight that all over this city, all over this city tonight, Curses are being removed and replaced with your goodness. Addictions are, are, are being lifted off of people's lives, even tonight, because of our prayers and our warfare and our worship in this house tonight. And we believe, Lord, for opportunities that are coming our way to love people because of our love for you. And I thank you, Lord, 
for revealing to each and every person based on knowledge and information that we've given tonight. Just simple knowledge and information because everything in you, Lord, is simple. You've made it simple for us. We've made it difficult, but you made it simple. And I just thank you for the simplicity of prayer flowing in and out of your people. We give you all the praise and the glory for it tonight. And everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. Say this after me tonight. Just close your eyes. It's good to confess, but, but to, so you're focusing on yourself and not looking around thinking about someone else. Say this after me. I'm a child of God. I'm born of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives in me. I can hear the Spirit's voice. And when I hear the Spirit's voice, I will do what He says. Today, I declare... I'm a doer of the Word of God, not just a hearer. But when I hear, I do. And I choose today to be worried about nothing. I will not worry about a thing. But instead, by faith, I will cast every care and do what God says. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you tonight. Be blessed and empowered to pray.